are new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, where we host live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge and give you a roundup on all the best bits from the Challenge universe during the week. I'm Shawnee Suisa, and I run a podcast network, and this is... My name is Zach Calhoun. I am the shit-talking savant. I am the gray-haired gunner, and we like to break it down. Also, let us know where you're watching from. Drop your location in the comments. Even if you're watching this back on the playback or if you're watching it live, we always come back and check the comments throughout the week. So feel free to get involved. And of course, please add us on all social media platforms and let us know how you feel about Zach's haircut. Our sponsors today. (laughs) That caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. All right, so I know last time I said some bullshit about not doing ads on our live, but then I realized I'd have to record them later, so that's obviously not going to happen ever. So today, our sponsor is Board of Directors, also known as the BOD. The BOD is all about positive vibes and stylish jumpsuits, and honestly, these jumpsuits are phenomenal. They are one-size-fits-all, they flatter every human being, they're amazing, colorful, bright, perfect festival outfits, and beach wear. So check them out on Instagram at the B. .o.d and be sure to show them some love. A quick Saniac announcement. Episode 8 audio is now available. I apologize for the delays. Shawnee did not have a Labor Day weekend like most, so I was a little bit swamped and couldn't get to it. But it's out there now. Um, and we are ready to go. Let's start off with the precap. I think we're going to keep this precap short. A few quick announcements before we start that is CT's wedding special. I don't know if you guys know that that's going down. Um, The Ashley Reality Roundup posted a nice little report about that. A few press releases have, you know, been going around um, in regards to special. So I'm excited to see it. We all love CT um, and it'll be likely quite a nice little event. Um, If you will, it's almost like a challenge royal wedding. So definitely check that out. Um, next up on the precap, this is probably the most important challenge business of the week, which was bananas is sex tape. Now I know we touched on this a little bit last week. My opinions have stayed the same, but slightly changed a bit. Um, I think that there was a lot of crap coming from podcasts like the brain candy podcast, uh, which really prides themselves on being, a a feminist podcast that values, you know, human privacy and the rights to maintaining their own body, which is something that they totally went against and contradict themselves by promoting this tape in general and by um, putting it out there on their social media platforms when, you know, if this was any other girl in the world that this happened to, um, they would not have done that. But because Bananas was the guy involved, they felt it was fine to uh, completely go against all their morals and shit that they preach nonstop. Let me me cut in, Shani. Yeah, sure. Go for it, Susie Stan. I am going to take the complete opposite stance from you. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have ourselves a little debate on this. Now, I did just watch the Brain Candy uh, live Q&A from last week that they promoted, and that caught the controversy that you are talking about. There were a lot of people coming down on them saying that, uh, you know, you're shaming and and you are promoting this stuff, which you should you, you know, normally say that you stand against. So here's where I come down on it. First and foremost, uh, one thing that I agree with them 100% on, one thing that has still not been clarified, uh, still has not been uh, settled. Was this 
a stolen sex tape? Was this a leaked sex tape? Or uh, we don't actually know. We don't know the origin of how this came out. People are assuming that that, that she that Hannah was hacked. That's that's what they're assuming was was happened. Nobody has come out and said, "Hey, this 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 was stolen. This is this is a hacked tape. Uh, do not watch this. Take this down." There's mm-hmm. a million different explanations for this, and I find that very interesting that, that that nobody has commented on that. I don't think Johnny would leak it. I mean, I know Johnny's got a show coming out. Maybe it would be like a publicity no. ploy, but I don't think he would because Johnny's not that could n- not unless Hannah's not okay with it. Not unless Hannah's okay with it. Like he wouldn't just leak that yeah. behind her back. And it wasn't just the sex tape; it was all of her nude photos mm-hmm. too. So that's like pretty intense for him to do. Secondly, and this. This, I, I believe, uh, Susie and Sarah did not watch the tape. They, they, have, they have not watched the tape. They, you know, there, there was a little bit of a troll there for sure, you know, kind of fucking with people. And then, but they clarified, they said, we're not going to watch that tape. We don't, we don't know the origin of it. We, did, we didn't watch it. All you guys watched it, apparently, but we did not watch it. Um, I definitely watched it. <laughs> and... <sighs> I'm trying to think how, how I should put this here. I also somewhat agree with them because people are coming down on them saying that they are body shaming Johnny. Well, they are. This is hilarious to me. First and foremost, Johnny is a body shamer. That's, that's like in his wheelhouse. That's, that's what he is. That's, that's what he does. Uh, I know one of the things that Sarah said that Johnny had said to him in the past, which I believe was on camera and, and on the season is he, he called, he referred to her as cottage cheese thighs. I believe is what he called Sarah once. Um, so <laughs> the way that they countered this was, was actually hilarious. I, I really enjoy I, I, if, if you guys really want to delve into both sides of this, and I would suggest that you watch their live from last week, but the way that Sarah put it was actually very funny to me. Sarah said, you know, what we're saying about Johnny is not factually inaccurate. It's like, if you were to look at me and you were to look at Susie, you would say, Susie has big boobs. I don't have big boobs. And then she said, and if you were to look at Oh, come and, and, on. And then she said, if you were to look uh. at Alton and you were to look at Johnny and you were to look at their penises, you would say, Alton has a big penis. Johnny has but a small penis. But you can say that about every single shaming instance. So all these instances that, that Susie and Sarah disagree with, which is body shaming, because a lot of times when someone is body shamed, like an obese human being or someone who's fat, like that's just accurate. Like if I was to stand next to one of my thinner friends, right, and someone said, you're fatter than that person. Yeah, that's fucking accurate. But that could be that could be the excuse for all body shamers out there. And then and then what? So every time they bring up a, a instance of someone bullying or body shaming or whatever, you could just be like, well, it's factually accurate. It's accurate. So it's factually accurate. Where, where do we draw the line of hypocrisy? Okay, people want to make people out to be hypocrites, to, to say you are hypocritical. You preach this and, and you do this. So so where would the line be? I mean, if, if, Johnny were to, if Johnny were to come out and get offended and say, oh, well, everyone's body shaming me. You know, he, he yeah, that, he, that's hypocritical. So that's really what it comes down to. I mean, people do contradict themselves a lot, especially in this world. We discussed mm-hmm. it in the last episode. People were contradicting themselves left and right. Um, mm-hmm. which leads us into another part of the precap. I mean, there was some fallout between cast members discussing this issue and you had Johnny's BFF, uh, Cara Maria, ugh, 
um, and her comments about the tape. Now, I do believe that <laughs> you know, in, the we past, love her. <laughs> um, in the past, the Cara has had issues with this before from when she was younger. I know she's been outspoken about that. And about what? Uh, I, I believe that there were like photos taken of her when she was younger and they were they were stolen from her. Or oh, I've seen yes, those. Yeah, actually. So something like, they, yeah. I know she's she's, you know, very not cool with that, which yeah. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with. However, uh, we did have an interesting situation between Cara and Jemmy. So Cara comes out in defense of her boy bananas. So once again, I say, um, and <laughs> she says something along the lines of, well, you know, nobody's thinking about the girl. Nobody's thinking about Hannah here. Uh, it's, it's horrible what happened to her. And then Jemmy just comes in and cuts Cara down and says, well, were you thinking about Danielle when you, uh, when you stole her boyfriend away from her and all this. And, once again, that that is the line here. Like, who is contra- Like, everyone's contradicting themselves in in some way. So, wh- just well, that's the thing is by 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 people constantly pointing out that people are being hypocritical. They're in fact being hypocritical themselves. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody is known for being a body shamer, and then all of a sudden, all these people are body shaming him, mm-hmm. but they're the same people that criticize that same guy for being a body shamer. Like it's like, come on! Like there has to be some sort of thing. So obviously, Johnny not saying anything is probably the best thing he could do because it really um, keeps his hands a little bit clean in this kind of situation. But at the same time, it's like I think I have to address your brain candy points because those two girls, of all of the girls in this sphere, should have really not even said anything. And it's not a matter of whether or not they watched the tape; they promoted the tape. They know they have an audience. They they used a clickbait style freaking title and promo in order to get people to watch this live Q&A implying that they would be doing the same thing that they did with Dunbar's tape and with Dunbar's tape they like watched the whole thing and no, no, commented so while watching it. So this is what happened. This, I mean listen, not gonna deny it. I fucking laughed when this happened. Uh, so they were on the live today and people were, I guess the way they had teased it, it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna watch a sex tape here. You know, yeah. so teasing like they're going to watch Johnny's sex tape. And that's when they said, we would not watch Johnny's sex tape. We don't know the origin of it. We don't know if it was stolen. We don't know if it was leaked. Uh, but it doesn't matter. And then they go, and this is this is fantastic. They say, but we did promise everyone that there was going to be a peep show today. And we have a legally purchased. So Sarah purchased Dunbar's porn. And then her and Susie watched like a couple minutes of it uh, and and commented on it. Um God, they're such cunts. I honestly like I can't. Basically, I, I got love on top on top of the fact that I can't stand their voices as humans, I'm sure they're like fun to hang out with or fine to hang out with is probably the better word. But in terms of this situation right now, like for example, on the Brain Candy Crush group, right? There was this whole drama with actually two girls that I'm blocked by. Um, but it was really funny because those two girls were going after Sarah and Susie. Actually, Susie herself on Facebook was the one replying and commenting and quite frankly being really rude to them. And ostracizing two of, like, her biggest stands ever. So the fact that she even went about it in that way was crazy to me. Uh, but she was basically just saying, you know, why are you guys assuming so-and-so? And it's not a matter of assuming that they would watch the tape on the live. The promo that they used was so clearly a clickbait you know, in, intending on bringing and shedding light to this video that they're apparently not going to watch. It's like, so then don't fucking put it out there because any other girl that this would have happened to, it's as if they don't care about Hannah as a female, but yet somehow they promote all this female crap. And it's like, 
now they don't care because bananas is involved. So whoever the girl is that gets hurt in this situation doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what they did on their actual live. It's how they went about it the whole way. And the fact that Susie can't process that in her brain just goes to show me that she really is as stupid as she looks. Um, and the whole concept that they were allowed to do this because it was just fact stating and it wasn't shaming or whatever it is, is actually crazy because the idea in itself and the way that society has placed the concept of having a smaller penis is something that's negative. It's not just like stating out, oh, my hand is smaller than this hand. It's not just like stating out simple facts. And they know that and they know exactly what they're doing. And they try and run around in circles against all the stupid shit that they do. And they always get away with it because people like you go and defend them and are like, no, it's all fine and dandy and whatever it is. It would be so different if they weren't someone with their own giant audience and giant podcast and giant following that they're now promoting this thing to. Do you see what I'm saying? It's different than just a random cast member chiming in. I do just want to say one. I mean, I think Susie is very smart, very intelligent. Um, Well, then she's playing dumb. That's what she's doing. Susie is, she's well-educated, she's well-learned. She's very familiar with the world of reality TV and everything surrounding it. And I really appreciate her insight into all of that. And people, people always get mad at them saying like, oh, you know, you're complaining. This, this world gave you so much and you're always complaining. And I, I mean, I just think it's, it's, it's a fascinating voice because they, they, don't, they don't follow the norm. Like, like we, we see the people who embrace the reality machine and, and, you know, I, I do like a, a counter perspective from that every once in a while. I mean, I'm sure Susie is very uh, grateful for reality TV, as she has said, that brought her her husband, it brought her her family. Well, she her. complains about it a lot, just FYI, for someone who's so grateful. She, the girl doesn't shut up about how bad it is. I, I think that's human nature. You know, I'm, I'm I, pe- people. All right, that's true. That's true. I'll give you that it, one. It, I think what this comes down to is. I've heard a lot of complaints about the Brain Candy Crush. I've heard a lot of complaints about kind of what goes on on, on, on their boards and the fan base. And I think that people do have, um, like, they, they do have issues with, with the community. The same way that I have issues with Cars yeah. fans. The same way that I have issues with, with you know, pe- you know some people on, on Twitter who, who, who stand. Um, I guess you could tie in the brain candy crust to that as well. I, I'm not on the page. I've never been on the page, so I don't. I don't deal with those people. I, I don't join. I specifically just am signed up for the content because I appreciate that. I appreciate the interviews that they do. Susie just put out an interview with Jamie Murray that I'm going to be listening to, which which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so I, I am, you know, I, I'm not going to. Yeah. Pretty, pretty I mean, I think it's different because you're not in the group, so you don't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's like these two girls who have been supporting Brain Candy. I mean, ruthlessly supporting mm-hmm. Brain Candy. Like, to, I they've both blocked me. That's how much they support Brain Candy. You know what I mean? And Susie went at them in such a just, oh, just a really classless way when she's speaking to these fans who have been so loyal to her as a content producer. So the fact that she just responded in such a crass way, I just didn't appreciate it. It was more, 
it was more like, how could you assume that we would do this when they've done it in the past? So it's not a crazy assumption. And all she had to do was clarify the fact that they weren't going to do this. But she wanted to keep the mystique, keep the like clickbait vibe of the whole thing. So that way people would actually tune in. Um, you know, they're losing viewers all of the time, nonstop, because they preach so much that they don't actually practice. And I think that's a huge issue with them and their mentality that so many of their listeners and former listeners have a problem with. Um, you know, it's time and time again that we'll hear them say something and then later come back to it or later reference something else that totally doesn't um, fall in line with what they've been saying. So that's a big issue they have. I know it's something that a lot of people in the Saniacs group um, have brought up. You know, we have some pretty um, adamant brain, brain candy, candy dislikers. Haters. Yes, <laughs> I, I have seen them. Um. I mean, we did start off by as a parody from the group. So you have to remember that that's where, you know, the core followers will come from. Um, all right. So I think we should do a comment checkpoint because we got some great some great little bits um, the, the first from thing the comments right now. The comments is that I, I am seeing some people who like I'm not fully ruling out the fact that the that Johnny would have something to do with a leak on there. Some people seem to think that that, you know, it's plausible. I'm not fully ruling it out either. My biggest my biggest reasoning for for maybe saying that it isn't true is just the fact that it wasn't just the sex tape and that it was accompanied by all of Hannah's nude tapes. And I don't think if Johnny was releasing that, I think he would have released a bunch of nude pictures of himself along with it and not necessarily from Hannah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't rule out anything. I'm a big conspiracy theorist. The, the and I reality machine all of them. Is, is very interesting. Like you don't know, like just fame mm -hmm. in general, you don't know what depths these people will stoop to will set up what is fake what is real we know for a fact that johnny, oh, yeah. and ha johnny and natalie staged a fake date last year which was one of the stupidest things i've ever seen um but like yeah jemmy called that out fast. yes but like like that shit happens uh you know yeah people. yeah so i don't know it, it happens all the time that's definitely a good point um greg is bringing up something that's that you know hits what i'm saying right on the head which is just the fact that a couple weeks ago they discussed big dick energy um on the brain candy podcast and how large brad's penis alleged allegedly is so um makes sense big guys big dick um so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know that's that's something i don't know exactly how they were talking about it because i didn't listen to that episode um, or any of the episodes, um, but the, just the fact that they are bringing that up previous, you know, prior to then talking about this whole bananas thing um, is, you know, another another sign of if shit they're pulling. So I don't I don't know if they really understand how hypocritical they are sometimes, but it definitely does just annoy me because they have so much pull over their audience. And that's really where I think my issue lies with them is the fact that they actually have a following that they're influencing really intensely and all of the time. You know, these girls that were kicked out of Brain Candy Crush just the other day who were, you know, their original loyal followers, um, first of all, they're now added back in. But just them themselves, you know, the way that they would speak to me or commenting on posts, I'm not even like a conservative or anything, but they would come at me as if I'm some, you know, alt-right activist, neo-Nazi type. And it's like the things that I would say would be so mild. So Susie and Sarah have an influence on these people and they are using it in a dangerous way. So we'll see about that. Um, Daquan asked us, can we talk about Kara and Jemmy's beef over it on Twitter? Oh, we got Day in um, here. Yeah, so yeah. I already highlighted it, but I want to know, like, where where do you fall on this? Do you think Jemmy, 
Like, do you think Jemmy got the best of Car with that comment? Like, like was Cara being kind of like whole? What was the remind me of the final comment on that? So it was it was Cara trying to say, you know, this is heartbreaking for the girl involved. Nobody's thinking about that. And then Jemmy was like, okay, well, you weren't thinking of the girl. You weren't thinking of Danielle when you when you stole her man from her. Oh yeah. So I actually didn't understand what that was because I didn't know who Danielle was. Mm-hmm. Danielle is. So that that um, was Paulie's girlfriend Paulie's... going into the show. Like they they were they were on television together. Uh, or, or no, I mean, I'm sorry. They were on different shows, and then they met up, and and yeah, that's who he was saying that he was dating when. Well, like, was. if we're looking at it on a service level, then yeah, Jemmy, you know, she had a little sass in there, so she, you know, she won the zing on that comment. But I don't really. A lot of these people think that they slay each other on Twitter, but I see it as so irrelevant. It's like, yeah, Cara did that, but that's not what she's talking about right now, and. You know, by deflecting that, it really just genuinely means that you don't care about Hannah. Like you don't have to you don't have to put someone else down in order to in order to basically what I'm saying is that if if Jemmy really does care about women, like she does care about Danielle or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Then why does she have to come at Cara with this comment when Cara is saying something that in theory, Jemmy should agree with? Do you know what I mean? Like they can agree on different things. Cara can be shitty as a human because she did this thing to Polly and to this girl, Danielle. But she could also be a good human by standing up for someone named Hannah. It's not mutually exclusive. These things aren't just, you know, one across the board and should apply to all aspects of someone's life, which I think people really get confused about. So, you know, I I can agree that Jemmy makes a good point that obviously cars care about all women but at the same time it's like what a stupid argument to have at play you know what a it's like tit for tat and a lot of these people do that it's all tit for tat it's you know and and, and I think that's something actually where Johnny in this particular situation has reigned supreme because he hasn't chimed in and he hasn't said you know don't body shame me don't do this because if he did honestly it would be very hypocritical and I think he knows that so he really hasn't touched on it um but, you know, I – but I do get she's bringing – say, let's read what Daquan has to say now. Jemmy didn't mention anything about the girl, though, but I do get she's bringing attention. Although Johnny always body shames, this is Jemmy's chance to get back. Yeah. I mean, I think that their fights are pretty stupid in general. I think that they all think that they win, mm-hmm. but it's like whatever. Um, all in all, I think we should all be on the side of correctness and rightness while also being on the side of entertainment. You know, I think that you have to you have to factor both of those things in. So, um, obviously, it was wrong for Hannah's sex tapes to be leaked. We still don't know where they came from. We don't know if it was a hack. We don't know how it happened. And, you know, for those of us who have not been sitting on a moral high horse like Susie and Sarah have for the past however many years, then I think we can laugh at the situation. But for those who have been sitting on some moral high horse, I think you should maybe pipe down um all right so i'm pretty do you think that they sit on the moral high horse or do you think that their their fan base sits on the moral high horse because i i feel like Susie has no problem getting down in the muck and and that's a really good question that's a good question you know you know that's a good question that i honestly can't answer and i think it's because I speak mostly from experience with their fan base yeah. and a lot less from experience with them as people. We, we can, and that's yeah. that's a bias that I have. But, you know, their fan base turns me off so much from them that, you know, I, I it stops me. Because I've, yeah. I've preached about like I, I preach about that all the time. Everybody preaches about Cara's fan base because they're just the absolute worst. 
And they make you don't not like Kara more. You know, exactly. the Kayla fans make me not like Kayla more. Yeah. And and you know, being a big part of the BCC or for a short time being a big part of the BCC really made me dislike them a lot more than I actually did before joining that group. So, you know, it's a good question and I should obviously give them a little bit more of a chance. I think the combination of their voices, which really annoy me, on top of their fan base has deterred me so strongly from their show but if there is really good points that they bring up you know in episodes things that you guys think i should listen to drop links i will 100 percent check them out i'm open to all things even saying that i'm wrong um all right so i think we've talked the banana sex tape to death yep. um yeah let's let's get let's, into the episode here i, th- I think Yeah, let's jump into that episode. Um, All right, so this episode, all in all, just so people understand the timing and the pacing of everything, I mean, the actual Armageddon and Elimination was like 20-something minutes in to, let me see, yeah, the Elimination started at the 21-minute mark of a 41-minute episode. So already we know that the pacing is going to be shit. We had 21 minutes of BS leading up to that. I don't know. I think we were spoiled with that one episode with getting so much content that now yeah, it's, it's kind of in a I slow feel like, descent down. Yeah, I feel entitled to more content in these episodes. They're, they're, they're making me into a spoiled kid with that. So I don't know. Hopefully we'll get some faster paced episodes. Um, all right. So we start off in the main house. Champagne celebrations. We have Zach talking about how Jose and Devon would be their scapegoats. This is after Zach and Amanda are, uh, voted MVPs and win. Um, we have Tony who makes a really funny comment while they're celebrating and he goes, cheers to the real MVP today, Shane. Obviously, everyone knows Shane through that mission. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then we see Jose talking is reminded me very much so of when Jordan was talking about pulling all the kill cards um, or, or when Devin was talking about getting bananas sent into elimination. It was, you know, Jose, you could see his head was spinning in a circle and all he wanted to do was take Shane and Nelson into limb. He was like, I'm going to volunteer myself. You know, if we if we get a chance to, like we're going in and we're taking them with us kind of a thing, yeah. uh, which I was looking forward to. It didn't turn out. Um, and then we have Bananas trying to egg on the Kyle and Ashley situation. Um, and with that came one of the funniest quotes of the episode from Zach. He says, you know how you can get those cameras to see what your dog does when you're not home. We need one of those for Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying at that. It was such a passing comment. and It was just so funny. Uh, it's because they can't keep track of him at night. Apparently he just disappears. Ashley's comment about it being a mistake shows me that her head is still in the game. So I think she'll not get too wrapped up in some Kyle drama and uh, hopefully she'll make it far. Um, All right. So the night out, it seems like, I don't know about you, but it feels like they've been going out a lot and having day trips a lot this season. Oh man. Yeah. Still, I'm still hung up on that beautiful day trip from (laughs) the useless day trip. I put that in our, in our recap description. I wrote that as useless day trip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Greg, I see your comment here, and I am going to touch on that when we get uh, when we go over the elimination because I think that's a really, really great point. We'll touch on that. Yeah. Um, all right. So on the night out, we have a few things. Uh, I just want to point out production setup of you know Joss. They they're giving him some character value by saying you know he was a farm boy growing up and this you know his upbringing and so and so, which I really liked. Uh, They also give their relationship a little bit of love and a little bit of fun and humor. Amanda doesn't know who the fuck the Spice Girls are, which is, oh, my God, that's, like, crazy. I honestly, I feel like, 
Like that that's crazy. Everyone knows who the Spice Girls are. Like you can't not you can't not be our age and not know who the Spice Girls are. Amanda, we need to get together and watch Spice World. Um, I'll roll us great J's. All right, so then we have Bananas and Devon, this potential alliance that could be stirring up. And I made probably one of my most astute observations of the season in relation to me and Zach and the games we play online, <laughs> which is that for the first time in maybe forever or a long time, Johnny Bananas is in a very Zach Calhoun-style situation in a game. He is at a point where he can make almost any move he wants without any repercussions because he has very few allies, zero expectation from the rest of the cast member, and you know this sort of freedom that he's not in the main dominating alliance. He has, I mean, he has no one to call him out on things. There's no checks and balances on him this season. It's a beautiful thing, Shinny. Um, did you like my pronunciation there? Did I get it right? I almost choked my coffee. I'm just going to keep pronouncing it differently, you know, and just throw it in there until <laughs> I finally get it. You're slowly getting um, it right. <laughs> but it is a it is a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful place to be at uh, where you can just call out whoever you want, fight with whoever you want. Um, I, I would, I'll tell you what, I feel for Johnny there. It's great. If, if, if it wasn't for the, but the one thing that Johnny is, is, is doing it is like, he's clinging to allies. He's like, Oh my God. Like he's not comfortable in that space yet. He needs to get a little more comfortable in that space to really occupy, you know, me with, 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 with what I bring to the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not, because he's, he's not like, Oh my Calhoun God, somebody yet. please help me out. Cara. Oh yeah. Cara, you're so good. Oh, day Jose. Like, He's 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 scrapping a little bit. I do think that he'll find some success with it. Well, he still has Zach um, in the house. I think yeah, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk yeah, about yeah. Zach when, once we get further on. What as one Zach to another, I have some comments on <laughs> just some our, of the things that he said Zach. in this episode. So let's let's keep it moving on to that. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we have um, the next up in this episode, we have Marie starting to sort of regret some of the decisions she's made because Ashley has joined the house. Now they're really at the bottom of the totem pole of this big alliance. And especially because Kara is her partner and the rest of the girls, they don't like Kara. So, you know, Marie definitely took a few knocks there. Um, you know, I'd never thought that we would see the day where Amanda and Ashley were the ones ruling the house. Think about Think back to Amanda's first day. Think back to Ashley's first challenge. Think back, yeah. You you think back to invasion, um, with with where there was an entire house against the two of them. Like everyone was siding with Camilla, and the two of them were just just yeah. sitting there by I themselves mean, fighting back. Even thinking back to Ashley's season on Real World when she gets sent home, you know, I never thought that she would become a challenge star from that moment on. So I think that this is a really cool peak point of their journey where it's sort of all come together for them uh, and it's been fun to see all right so then we head into redemption house we have uh, this sort of ct and veronica love fest that goes down let's uh, talk about this okay first and foremost <laughs> why are the cranberries playing here why, why is dreams <laughs> by the cranberries playing over this sequence uh since when does mtv at this juncture play any song that's more than 10 minutes old um, I, they've I, actually been doing it a lot. Why well, I, I don't really know songs. That they, are they've been trying to work in the music, and every once in a while they have these just out of left field song choices. And somebody just decided to put dreams 
I guess they're just alluding to the age of CT and Veronica, who, when that song was popular, were probably <laughs> in college or close to it. Uh, well, no, CT was a little bit younger, but. <laughs> How really... old is CT now? How old is CT now? Is he well, almost 40? Okay, so Veronica's got to be like 41, 42. CT's got to be like 38, 39, I think. You think Veronica's 41, 42? She, CT is 38. She's at least 40. I think Veronica's at least 40. She, wow, she CT. looks unbelievable. Yeah, she she's looks... 40 years old unbelievable for she's 40. incredible she's a she's a modern marvel mm. um that's, yes. that's a real woman right there <laughs> it's funny that you notice these songs because i always notice when they play like a side trance type song or when they mm -hmm. start off with something along that um so that just goes to show our personalities right there uh, all right yeah, so uh, within this little fight that was going on I made a note, just the fact that CT and Veronica need to play smarter. He needs to use her strengths, which is not necessarily her physical, you know, her physical competition now. But at the same time, he's acting like she's this obese, you know, sits on the couch for 10 hours a day human. She's 40 years old and looks that freaking good. Like, that's not someone who doesn't work out at all. She's not they're, they're really digging for this storyline. Like, let's be honest, CT's probably made, like, like in all the days that they spend together in that redemption house, he probably makes two comments about her not working out. And it's like, all right, there, there's our storyline. <laughs> Let's piece this together. Um, yeah, it's true. Feel like what, what, you know, when CT is really sitting there, plea, like giving Veronica his plea and, and apologizing to her um, and just, just trying to charm her. Like, did, did you see glimpses of the old CT there? Uh, how, how did you feel about that? I did, but I also saw a lot of this adult CT, and mm -hmm. I think that it was a nice, healthy combination of both, where it was the CT that has made a mistake and is coming to rectify that, and then also this sort of new CT that is trying to think, you know, what can I do to work with what I have, which is a lot of maturity on his part, because I think back in the day, it would have been a lot more yelling and a lot more screaming. I mean, you can think back to Inferno when they were, you know, Tina was the dead weight on that final or it was Tina and Tanya and Veronica was kicking ass. And it's not like he was yelling at Veronica and that's because she was doing well. Um, so so there, there was some glimpses of both, you know, new and old CT. And I think if they had pulled the double or if they had a chance to come back into the game, which, you know, we'll find out next week, then they could move forward potentially with a smarter game plan, a smarter strategy. But we'll see. Let's, we'll see. let's put this in perspective, though. Um, and, you know, this is one of the things that I, I do love about the show. And it's tracing my own just youth, my own lineage. CT and Veronica were on the Inferno. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they, they were on the Inferno one. I was 13 years old, 13 years old watching that show. Fuck and I was like 10. I was so yeah. Young. So it's it's 2018 now, and, and they're still on our television. And <laughs> I really uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. and and th those familiar faces keep me invested emotionally um so i i do i know that mtv is pretty much mining for content because i mean let's be our ct and veronica are going to get back in the house like they're they're, they're probably going to be gone next episode uh, mm. okay because davon and jose aren't going to choose them to go up against and then they're just going to be bye-bye unless yeah. there's some other random twist unless there's but, a twist yeah so i mean they mined as much content out of it as they could i appreciate it anytime i see their names pop up on a cast i do appreciate it yeah, I, I agree with that. I try and explain that to my family all the time. Like my dad, he'll pop in and watch a couple of these lives, like, you know, one minute segments here and there. <laughs> 
And he always says, you know, he can't believe it. Like his daughter is so passionate about this freaking TV show. Like, how do you know so much? How do you care so much? And I just explained it to him. You know, he could very well do a podcast about the Lakers because he knows so much about them. <laughs> oh, he's, man, I would love to talk to your dad about the Lakers. That'd be oh, awesome. yeah, that's like that's like his whole sphere. And he's been watching Lakers since he moved to L.A., you know, in the 80s or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of feeling to me. Obviously, I've been watching the Lakers also for that long, but I don't really care as much about the Lakers as much as I do, let's say, about the challenge. Or I'll put it this way. I don't watch the Lakers as much as I do watch the challenge. Like, even when the challenge is shit, I'm watching the challenge. When the Lakers are shit, I'm, like, not watching the Lakers. You're not going to watch them all 82 games. Yeah, exactly. But if there was 82 episodes of the challenge, I'm fucking watching those episodes. You know? uh, And it's a show that I grew up with forever. So I compare it very well to being, like, a sports fan um, or a fan of a particular athlete or a team. And it's just the same kind of vibe. And instead of these athletes who will go away after 10 or so years, like we still have Veronica and CT competing 15 plus years later, you know? So for us, it's this feeling of these challenge legends. So, you know, if like a Laker legend was still playing, like how long Kobe played for, it's basically the same thing. Um, so that's that's really also why I love it so much when they bring these people back on, because it just reminds me of sitting there when I was 10 years old, hacking the neighbor's Wi-Fi or, you know, the little Ethernet cord that we had to just get on and watch tv on this little monitor and you know we got to the gauntlet and i was like oh my god they're bull riding and you know it was like this little child i didn't even know half the jokes that were going down because i was so young so it's definitely a lot of that and i think the production and the production team they know that so that's why they really were pulling for these kind of ogs to come back a quick spoiler that relates to this um for next season it was actually meant to be old school versus new school and they scrapped the idea of course they did so we were excited and I just think that they couldn't pull it together. I don't think that they could pull it off. So apparently a rumor that I heard, um, and this was on the Brain Candy Live Q&A, Susie read a text message that she got from an unnamed source that said that they asked Johnny to be on the next season. You know, Johnny, what, what are your commitments looking like? And Johnny, apparently, according to this source, Johnny said that I'll come on the next season, but you have to give me more control of the cast. And then apparently weeded out some of the people that might not be as welcoming to work with him i never know if i can believe anything Susie exactly. say that's negative about him but yeah, yeah yeah listen at the same time i also do believe that that's something that johnny would do you know i think he was really annoyed with how little control he had of the cast this season so he is there it, it wouldn't surprise me knowing that you know mtv is willing to bend to some of johnny's demands because they want him on the show they, they think that, that yeah. there's a, a correlation between him and certain ratings yeah, yeah, definitely. We've discussed that. We we, we, we think that that's true and um, it's really feasible. All right, so Tori and Derek, just whenever they talk now, I'm like, you guys are hopeless. There's nothing There's nothing there. It's done. Like, stop stop yeah. trying. Stop caring. You guys are over. Yeah, they'll be gone next episode, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let's swing back. We go to the main house, and we have some voting talk. I love voting talk. You know, I was waiting for this stuff to happen all season. We got people throwing shit left and right. And Marie is filling in Ashley and Shane on what's going on and, uh, you know, how we're voting. Well, they're mostly filling in Ashley, but Shane is there. And it looks like Marie is burning some bridges. You know, I think she feels sort of put into a corner. So she's getting really defensive and it might come back to bite her. You know, I don't really know how it's going to work out for her. 
the Marie in this episode was very similar to the Dirty 30 Marie who, mm. you know, just kind of talked herself into a corner and, and ended up on the bottom. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought Marie was playing a, a better game last season on Vendetta's mm. until she kind of gave up for Kayla. Um, and she, she realizes that she's hamstrung now. She's, she's not in a good situation. She's stuck with Kara who she can't stand and who's not willing to work with her at all. And yeah, I, I'm also really curious to see what happens with them that gets so bad because it seems like they hate each other more now than ever. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Shane makes a really funny quote. Well, not funny, but actually accurate, which is the problem with loving a firecracker is that sometimes you get burned by the flames. Um, and that's in reference to Marie. And I think Shane really gets the fact that while he is or he may be volatile, he always knows that there's a reason behind what he's doing. So I'm not sure if he's as confident in Marie's, um, you know, actions and behaviors, but we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, okay, so Marie might be slightly off with who that they're going to vote for because I think she was saying that they were going to come after Car. They were going to come after her um, and Kara, but at the same time, she's not wrong about the way that they need to be thinking about this. So Shane's kind of brushing off a lot of what she's saying, but it is really accurate, and we see later that it came to bite a couple of their alliance members in the ass. You know, you have two teams that are voting that you don't know where they're going for and everybody else is burning. That's a really dangerous strategy to play. And if I was them, I would really try and stack teams on the team that they want to want to go in and, and give them all of those. Like, I don't think it's such a big deal to, let's say, all of them vote for Day and Jose. If they really want Day and Jose to go in, why is it so hard for them to all are they all that scared to go yeah. into elimination? Like, like just, that's... If, if you're in a big alliance, you know, tr trust it. Just all put your votes on someone and just trust, like, yeah, one of you are probably going to have to go in and, and, and fight it out. But we're going to keep taking our shots to, to get them out. And, like, mm -hmm. that's something that Johnny, Evan, and Kenny, like, they, they would do. Like, that's a strategy that they employed. Evan did it on Rivals. Now, most people think that Evan threw it because he had to go home, which I, I think is true. But, like, the strategy was, like, if we can, we take a shot and we get CT out. And one yeah. of us has to do it. And, and was I, that yeah. he threw it was that the thing because evan just looked yeah. really out of shape there he, he did look out of shape uh, from what i've heard i mean some people have said that he had something he had to get home for so he did throw it but i'm sure there was an intention there like i kind of have to go home i'll go on elimination if it's something that i can get mm. cp out on then then we will and then he probably saw that he had to hang on that bar and he knew it was over yeah yeah i could see that going down um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that they need to just reevaluate how they're going about this whole thing. They're all so fucking scared to go into elimination. It's, it's crazy. Um, all right. So then we, <laughs> Irlene just literally said the same exact thing because they're all scared to go into elimination. Yeah. Me, me and Irlene are always on the same page. Actually, why don't we do a quick comment checkpoint before we go into the voting? Um, so we get a, oh, Greg, uh, Ashley didn't get sent home from real world. According to her, she quit. I I don't really believe that. She got voted out by her house, didn't she? They were all like, well, we don't really want you to stay. So bye. <laughs> Never know what you're getting from Ash. She's <laughs> all over the place. Um, all right. So an interesting thing that Greg said, what's interesting is the cast members were making fun of Johnny last December in Yorkville, hinting that he was going to lose in a humiliating way on Vendetta's, which was to Devin. So um, yeah. that is pretty funny. I feel like that was a pretty crazy loss for Bananas. But at the same time, his elimination record is not nearly as big as his ego. So 
Um, yeah, I, if, 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 if you look at it, like, Bananas has lost a decent amount of eliminations. Tons. Um, his, you could say that his best elimination win is, is over Mark Long on X's, but, I mean, Mark has, I'm pretty sure Mark has said that, like, yeah, you know, Johnny and I cut a deal on that one, yeah, so. That's true. Power, I think... his, so his win, and even, like, there's always controversy around, around these Johnny wins. Like, him, him and Tyler against CT and Adam and one of the best, most brutal eliminations of all time. I and you cried. Have all the I you cried have watching all, that. I know. And you have all the rumors that maybe Adam might have might have tanked it. So I've heard that um, before. And honestly, that thought makes me so sad because CT deserved that final. Oh, my God. So much. One of the most deserving performances I've seen in any of these challenges, maybe apart from like Derek on Gauntlet. You know, I was so like oh i was just so sad when that happened and especially because he had done so well in that particular elimination too like he was smoking tyler and johnny in that i mean it was not even a competition if it was just him it's one of the most brutal things that you will ever watch and so unsafe that he literally knocked these guys with all his momentum into a stone wall that was pretty intense wild now here's here's a question for you Mm -hmm. so it seems to me like if i was playing this game that the best way like the the best way to take care of johnny is to just go at him call him into elimination put well, him that's in. yeah a hundred percent i actually who would, think who would you be more scared going up against or like sending into elimination thinking that they're going to come back johnny or wes oh who would i be more scared if like yeah. thinking that they would come back back in either thinking that they would come be- that they would win against you or or come back and, and get revenge on you because they're going to win like i mean i would be way more scared of wes for yep. sure but i think johnny would hold the grudge for longer because johnny's petty about that shit too like johnny would hold the yeah he he would like that that would that would pass on in, into future seasons and yeah yeah like many many seasons later he would still be talking about that one vote and it's like johnny you were literally planning on voting me in two seconds before like that's 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 the only thing i would um be more scared about but wes would a hundred percent be stronger and better about it wes is way more of a threat to win yeah yeah Um, easily he's an elimination beast which is something that johnny really can't say um and wes also has more of a chance of actually doing well in the actual challenge in order to then get you out i honestly think like battle of the seasons that was just a fluky performance on his part he had yeah his season there, which was really a shit season. It, it was so. it was an unwinnable situation for him. He was never going to win that elimination. And he was like he knew he mm-hmm. knew day one that his team was going to be the first team going out. Yeah. I mean he had Danny, so um <laughs> Erlene right. makes a good comment, which is that he got lucky against Jordan on free agents. And I totally agree. Johnny got really lucky against Jordan on that challenge. You know, if it wasn't hand based, I really think Jordan would have smoked johnny in almost any other competition mm-hmm. i actually have a full confidence in that now and yeah, back we, then we really gotta break down maybe next week we'll come on here and we'll break down johnny's full elimination record i, I would actually mm-hmm. be really interested to do that because there's a couple that that are coming to mind um yeah maybe we'll focus on that on the precap which yeah. by the way next week's episode will be from mexico oh, the next two shit. episodes johnny's gonna be in mexico oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. i'm should, so excited you should do um you should do this ep- this next episode when you're in Mexico. You should travel to wherever they filmed Battle of the Seasons, uh, OG Battle of the Seasons, and we'll just you'll broadcast from that house. 
Oh shit, that would actually be crazy. We'll walk through. Be like, all right, here's here's where the hurricane party was. Okay, Let here's me see where, where it where was. Blue brought her brought her baby in and was staying with her baby. Um, oh my we'll god, I have such funny quotes written for our Instagram content. By the way, content everybody. Blue um, will be coming through. Our wow, Blue soon. is going to get some love on the Saniac <laughs> Podcast Instagram. She is just so fucking funny. Her whole th- I could not believe that she brought a child. So this is a really, really old school reference, and I am showing my age here, but on her original season, uh, Baloo, so she was on Road Rules Europe, and on her original season, I think it's on YouTube, she pulls a butter knife on one of her castmates, like like one of her castmates was giving her shit, and she, she legit like holds her butter knife at him, like she's going to shank him with it. Oh my god! Check that. She Check is that one out. Crazy. She is actually crazy. Um, oh, so location is actually in Cabo, which is much closer to where to me right now than where I'm going. Although I have Damn. a friend who um, owns like the biggest house in Cabo, so I should just go there and then go to that house. Yeah, gotta, then go to the Battle of the Seasons house. I wonder if it, that was the Battle of the Seasons house. I wonder which house your friend, your friend owns the Battle of the Seasons house. That it's honestly be- like not that far off. Her house is yeah, te- freaking text crazy. Right now. Hey, do you own the Battle of the Seasons house? Uh, <gasps> That's can you really show fucking me where funny. Mike and, where, where, where Miz and Tara got together. <laughs> that would be such a hilarious connection. That's some deep knowledge for all the listeners. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go into <laughs> the- Greg, Greg is Greg is participating. I love that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not forty. I see that comment section. Uh, Casey. Uh, yeah, Casey. Um, Zach is actually 100% 40 years old. Um, if anything, he's 43. And I know this because I saw his ID the other day. Okay, so let's go into the voting. <laughs> um, voting, we had, so we had the burn voting strategy, which is obviously going to be quite um, risky at this point. I'm so, hearing the word burn vote too much. I'm just going to say that. I All know. Right. It's so annoying. Like, stop. Just enough with the, uh, I hate the buzzwords you mm-hmm. know last season it was or was it two seasons ago it was all about the gates everything was a gate there was a note gate and a pizza gate i was like shut the fuck up with the gates like what, none what of I you noticed, um what i noticed in during vendettas that everyone said and i blame natalie because natalie is the one who started it but then i started saying it because i was infected by his every that last season's when everyone started saying game my game this mm, game yeah, this affects yeah, my yeah, game yeah, yeah. you play a scared game but the way natalie says it she says game game, game. game. Well, it's because that's a very big brother type saying mm-hmm. to use. It's all about, you know, you're playing the game and da 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 da. I don't know. They, they they get on these buzzwords that drive me bananas. Um, all right. So we have Joss and Sylvia who burn on Brad and Kyle and vice versa. Shayna Nelson burn on Marie and Kara and vice versa. Kylie and Cam burn on Hunter and Ashley, vice versa. And then Bananas and Tony, it's a mystery to who they vote for, but we find out later. And then Zach and Amanda. Okay. Um, this <laughs> is what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So Zach and Amanda. Um, I'm so, I'm slightly annoyed with Zach after this episode because... <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. We have to just interject for a second. There is a Mr. named Robert Paul Ford <laughs> on our page. He doesn't understand how this showed up on his feed. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. So I will just interject with a quick little mid-tro um, right now. This is the Saniac podcast where we host live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge. You already missed the precap, sir, but you can rewind to that later on. 
Um, Robert, subscribe on iTunes. You can listen to all our episodes. We we would you could be our biggest fan. Yeah, I mean, you never that. know. We Honestly, Robert, the potential is just endless with us. So really join our group, get involved. Um, we love you already. All right. So my issues here, and this goes into what Nelson is commenting. Nelson says, uh, this season lacks politics. And it does, because everyone's trying to kiss each other's ass. This is not politicking. When everyone's aligned with everyone, that's that's not politics. No, nobody's making like real moves other than Cam. Yeah. So so Zach and Amanda go into the voting booth. Zach is just he just has the most boring alliances ever. Oh wow, you're aligned with Brad and Kyle and Johnny and Tony. Sweet. That first of all, how does that help you at all at the end of the game when your partner is Amanda and you're gonna be in a final going up against Brad and Kyle? And Johnny and Tony? Yeah, but you have to remember that last season, the equalizer of the male and female basically made it so all of the physical competition that Zach had done up until the puzzle point really didn't matter. So to him, it's not necessarily... I think that a lot of people are sort of thinking to themselves, like, there is going to be some crazy-ass equalizer, you know, that will make it an even playing field, and if not more in favor of somebody who has a girl on their team. Something that touches on this point, apparently there was a big equalizer on the elimination with Ashley and Hunter versus, um, what's it called, Angela and Faith. I didn't think that the there should have been an equalizer buzzword alarm equalizer yes greg equalizer is the buzzword of this season um and that there shouldn't have been an equalizer on the ashley wooden boards because it's still ashley versus the two girls so i was confused on that but i think you have to remember that you know zach went up against a girl last season and lost yeah, i don't know if he's me. thinking that way <laughs> I'm, still dealing, I'm still dealing with the fallout of that um so like in my opinion Zach is not in the power seat on the political side of his team. And like Amanda is the one with the strong alliance and she has way more influence in the house than him right now. So for Zach to go into the voting booth and call me biased if you want, Shani, for him to go in the voting booth and say, what about Shane and Nelson? I mean, this Shane guy is really stirring up a lot of stuff in the house. What? Of course you want that guy there. You want that guy in the house. He's stirring up all the bullshit. Why would you ever vote for him? Yeah, it's 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 actually really funny because it feels like a very big brother move to leave somebody who's stirring shit up in the house in the house because you want to cause the chaos. You want to cause that stuff. But if you look at in challenge history, I mean, a lot of the people who cause the chaos go home. If you stir shit up too much, then you're a big target and you're the one who goes home. Think about all the people who have had big ass drunken nights and then get sent home the next Mm -hmm. day because they caused too much of a ruckus and they put that target on their back. I really like analyzing the differences in strategy and gameplay between different reality competition shows. Me too. And that is a very challenged thing to say, hey, we we might need to get Shane out of here. But I think that's such a dumb move, especially because Amanda is so set with her alliance and that is so much stronger. And if I was in Zach's position, and once again, this is a fellow Zach speaking, so I know how we tend to think or how we should think. If I was in his position, I would be like, okay, Amanda has the way better options of people I want to align with. Um, I, I would love to have me and Amanda up in a final against a lot of the people that she's aligned with and just see if, if, if we can go get it. Yeah. Uh, It's listen, it's not, it's not a bad, 
I love how three of the people watching this live haven't even watched the episode. Um, That's right it's, there. It's, it's not even about who they're going up against. So at the end, though, for Zach, at least, I, I happen to think that he is just really good friends with a lot of these guys. So he feels like he's looking out for future seasons more. Um, but I mean, I don't see, I don't see the issue of playing both alliances. I never saw this issue. Everyone always fights about the fact that they have to choose. But to me, it just means that you have everybody on your side instead of, you know, just one person's side or instead of just your sides, you can actually work with multiple, multiple sides, multiple angles in the house, which is so much cooler than just having one alliance. It's like a reference to some of our online games. You know, we had some people who were actually in my OG massive alliance would get crazy worked up when they had to work with people in other alliances. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there thinking, you are sitting pretty. You have both sides of the virtual world working for your team. Like, how could you possibly give a shit? You know, it, do- it shouldn't matter whether it's one or the other. I think they have to play the game to just get themselves the furthest. And I happen to think that a lot of the teams in the house are not going to be as strong of competitors as Zach and Amanda. And I think that the ones that might seem like they would be, wouldn't be. Like Shane and Nelson, although they're a really strong team, they don't necessarily work that great together. Whereas let's say someone like Cam and Kaylee, they work really well together. Good team chemistry. Yeah, and I think if there is, you know, buzzword equalizer coming through in the final, you got Cam and Kaylee still in there, That communication that they have, if it's not something, if it's a puzzle type thing, I mean, I think they would have a real chance at beating maybe the guy guy team. So there's all those things to factor in. Something that Zach said while they were in that room that was really fucking hilarious was you'll have to choose between all your lavender whores. And it's like, it's like at the end of the day, Zach is right, though. You know, they're all going to have to choose at some point. Now that Day and Jose are gone, it's going to get dirty for them if they win and if they are put in this position where they actually have to make a move. So that'll be something that they're going to have to figure out amongst themselves. It'll be interesting to see which side they go on. Um, if the bottom line is, if you want to get on my shit list, if you want to get in my doghouse, go at Shady Shane. And then I'll be popping on, I'll be popping at you on Twitter. You can expect it. You come at Shady Shane, you're going to have to deal with me. The yeah, Shane. make sure to tag at Scenic Podcast while you're at it, and I'll join in. Um <laughs> We have some really funny comments going on about me right now. Thank you very much, Mike and Nelson. Um, I appreciate the love. All right. So on this topic of voting, then we get Davon and Jose. We find out later who they vote for. um, And, you know, we can talk about that after. But they also left it a mystery. So we'll see what happens. All right. Armageddon. We jump into Armageddon. This is so late into the episode. It drags on so much shit. I was just like, get us there already. Um, And TJ comes in and announces that every single person got votes except for Bananas and Tony. I mean, Zach, explain to me what is going on that these two guys are flying under the radar with zero alliances. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And I like literally... Zach and Amanda could have thrown their shot right there. Boom. Two votes on them. I mean, it just, it just, I just don't understand how nobody is trying to go for these guys. Remember, like, maybe, I don't know, four or five episodes during these recaps, we thought to ourselves, these guys are going to be in trouble because they have no friends. And I think everyone is so scared that they're not in trouble, which is just the craziest thing to me. Uh, hopefully, Hunter interjects a little bit more bravery into this crowd. Oh my we'll God. See. I need to say, Hunter wants, 
Oh my God. Hunter wants to be paired with Johnny on a future season so badly that it's, it's just like literally everything he, everything you he, think? Talks, he says, Oh, Johnny bananas. You know, he's always talking about Johnny. He's always got Johnny's name on his lips. And it's like, dude, you want to be paired with Johnny so bad. You, you are, you, he is like the epitome of the modern reality television competitor. Like, like, you know, he's trying to set up his own storyline. Uh, whereas, when say CT and Adam punched each other in the face, they weren't they weren't <laughs> doing that. Uh, <laughs> they weren't doing that to have to come back and work together in a future season. It's a yeah. big yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see what you're saying. I never know. I never know who is playing up what part to get back onto TV. I think for the most part nowadays, they all know the tricks. They're all really running with it. And, you know, it makes sense. Obviously, Hunter would want to be partnered with Johnny in a future rival season. But at the same time, if it was up to me, I would fight with I would fight with Zach, to be honest. I, I would definitely fight with Zach. I think he's a good partner. I would yeah. fight with so I would fight with someone that I would actually be able to work with. Like can Hunter actually work with bananas? I don't know. We'll yeah, I mean, see it would about be that. An instant target. Whereas Zach flies under the radar. People don't want to call him. That's out. a really good point about Zach. A lot of people don't, you know, don't notice that, but he has a incredible knack for flying under the radar and not being seen and almost going unnoticed even though he's huge it's like you can't you can't miss the guy yeah. um all right it so seems like your, your lean thinks that that that's also on production side like maybe production is pushing that maybe production in hunter's confessional saying here tell us about johnny yeah you know, they, they want that content so maybe mtv themselves are the ones that are trying to push that and, and squeeze some juice out of it yeah, and I think MTV is always thinking a few steps ahead as well. You know, they want to, yeah, great point, Erlene, about this, which is production is always trying to look for future storylines, you know, present storylines, past storylines they can bring up to create future storylines. That's their whole goal. So if they can create this rivalry that then, you know, maybe Hunter and Bananas end up competing together in a future rival season and then end up becoming best friends, that's a great story for production right there. So, you know, they're always looking for that and they always, egg them on because they people think that the cast just sit there and then they just spew out stuff in confessionals but that is not what happens at all you have a produ you have multiple producers likely sitting behind the cameras asking direct questions to the cast for them to respond to so it's something to keep an eye out for and, and keep in mind when you're watching these instead of just assuming it's like the cast ranting about the same shit nonstop. um okay so let's move on to armageddon they get in there, everyone gets the votes, and we have three ties. Um, so the ties were really interesting to me because they were all teams that I think are very good in their own right and are all kind of sliding under the radar apart from Jose and Devon as threats. Like, I don't think people see... So the three ties for everybody is Jocelyn and Sylvia, Jose and Devon, and Cam and Kylie. I don't think people see Cam and Kylie as a threat, but they definitely are. And because nobody's noticing that, they're definitely Kayla, sliding. Kaylee. Oh, yeah. I what think you're, I... you're confusing her with a Jenner. Oh, my God. I wrote Kylie because I was thinking about Kyle while thinking about Kaylee. That's I don't I don't want our audience to to get upset. I, that, that guy who was in here, what was his <laughs> name? Robert, who doesn't know what this is. I, I don't want him to start fact-checking us on uh, Robert's about to yeah. fact check hardcore. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think I think it was interesting. Those three teams got picked: Joss and Sylvia. I wonder who voted for them. Um, and you know, 
it's actually funny that they seem to have one of the strongest positions in the house. I don't think people notice, but they seem to have the closest relationship with both alliances because Joss seems to be quite tight knit with Kyle, who's protecting him via the Johnny team. And then you have Sylvia, who is beloved by all the girls so she's protected on that side and at the same time they're not making that much noise because they're not having to send in that many people so i think they're in a great position right now um anyway so zach and amanda get to break the tie since they were the winners um and of course they break the tie with the team that they originally voted for which was jose and davon you know they're not putting they're in such an interesting position because they just cannot vote anybody else because they can't make big moves without shaking up both their personal friendships and also shit in the house. Um, so then we get the votes. Jose and Davon are are standing there and TJ announces who voted for them, which Real was quick, only... Though, while I am thinking about it. Go for it. This is another issue that I had with Zach or Zach and Amanda. They were very easy to make that choice. They were like, all right, obviously we're going Jose and Davon. But like, you're in that position. But it's because they don't want to make any strong moves. That's the thing. They're playing a weak game. Yeah, like, you have it right there. Take your shot. If it doesn't work, then... I just don't think... It blows up on you, but take your shot. I don't think that they're going to take any shots, though, unless they're, like, forced to. I, I really think that they want to be able to use the excuse that they had to when making one of these big plays. So if they're playing that game right now where they're nice to everyone, they're friends with everyone, they can't continue to play that same game if they all of a sudden leave their ultimate scapegoat in the game and then vote out one of their friends. Like, that, that just wouldn't happen. I mean, I, I look at it like if... If Jose and Devon are still in the game and they say, we're going to send in Kyle and Brad, Jose and Devon are still going to be targets. Uh, you know, people, can, if, if you send in Kyle and Brad there and Kyle and Brad lose, I mean, damn, could you imagine big bug eyed Brad, like struggling at the bottom of that water tank, trying to figure, trying to figure shit out. I could see so many people losing this elimination that they could have voted for, but they didn't. And that's, so that's, they're all, they're all scared. They're honestly all scared. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's go, let's see. So yeah, so anyways, they announced the votes, and of course it was only Zach and Amanda who voted for them. They had the power vote, so their vote counts for two. So that's why it was tied 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Um, so because of that, you know, they got picked. Uh, they, they got to pick any other team to go against because they obviously can't pick the power team, the winning team, Zach and Amanda. Um, and you see Davon's face light up it was like glowing she couldn't believe what had happened that she was able to choose any team and before they could really discuss anything properly jose spits out that he wants to go against cam and kaylee i I mean it's like it seemed like davon didn't even have a say in that what was your thoughts on that well first and foremost i I, since i was monitoring twitter uh during the episode for uh, for the podcast purposes i noticed that about Maybe a minute, not even a minute before they announced their decision, Shane sent out a tweet and it was something along the lines of like, can't wait to see if uh, if they really walk it, talk it, which which was like a quote, you know, that the, the Devon said, like, I, I walk, it, talk it. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, let's let's see who walks it, talks it here. And then they would then Jose goes on and does what most would consider to be a cowardly move by calling in uh, Cam and Kaylee. Uh, this is actually where I wanted to 
go back, Greg had said a comment way earlier and I wanted to address this. And, and Greg said that if they had called Shane and Nelson into this elimination, they would have gotten crushed. Like it does not go. You think how good Shane is in the water and, and at water missions. He's, he's one of the best. Oh, that's like, true. He's that's not, true. he's not like, Whoa, not let's like, relax. Not one of the best. Let's relax. He's one, he's one of the best. He's, he's not Wes, but he's very good. Look at Shane's history in water missions. A lot of people go back to his performance on Fresh Meat Fresh 1. Meat. Believe, with Lynette? I, yes, with Lynette. I believe yeah. they won that mission in the water. Mm. Uh, Shane is a very good swimmer, and I think that they would have dominated this. So, I mean, smart move not picking them. They, but there was more at play. It wasn't just swimming. So I'm not sure. I, I honestly am not sure. I think the combination of the fact that it was freezing and also the fact that they had to hold their breath and the fact that they were memorizing. I mean, Shane's a smart guy. I think he could have done well in that, but I'm not sure. And they still lost to year, Cam and Kaylee. Uh, at least they would have lost to two guys. That's true. But last season on Vendetta, Shane had another really good show. Do you remember that like nighttime swimming mission that they did? Yeah, where they had to go under and then pull mm -hmm. the pull the thing through. Did he yeah, make that, it all the way to the end on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Okay. So so listen. Yeah, I I I think that that you know maybe they would have won as well. But I just think going up against Cam and Kaylee, it's like people think they're the easy choice, but I just don't see them as the easy choice. I honestly think. Kara and Marie would have been worse in that elimination than Cam mm -hmm. and Kaylee would have been. Oh my God, they they would have way Cara worse. Marie would have gotten destroyed. Yeah, swim at all. She at for everything that Shane is as a swimmer, Kara is not a hundred percent. And well, I mean, I, do, do you think that so so that would have put Marie as the diver, like hands down, Car Car would have done the, the, you know, the strength. I don't know part. if she would have, I don't know. I don't know if Marie would have been like, yeah, I'll dive. I think Car would still have done. Oh my God. That would have been hilarious if Marie refused to, if Marie was like, all right, Car, you, you got this. Let's go legend. I, I would have, Oh my God. Well, I think that's what it would have been like because I think right now their relationship is more that Car needs to pick up the slack and Marie's like mm -hmm. totally cool with it. Which yeah, I have friendships like that. You know, it's fine. Like I know certain things are going to happen. For example, me and my sister, right? If there's three pillows on a bed that we're sleeping on, I get fucking two pillows. I don't care, you know, what day it is of the week. <laughs> I don't care if she's had a long whatever it is. I get the two pillows. She gets the one pillow. If. Somebody has to run in from the car to anywhere, to the gas station, to this, to the house. Even if I'm driving, I'm the one running in. It's just the way some friendships work. So I think with Car and Marie, it's like Car is going to step up and do the harder physical shit. And Marie's going to not. Do you know I, what I mean? I'm actually really uh, shipping the idea in my head that 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 would have been how it would have played out. Like Marie would have blown up Car's spot. That would have been awesome. I would have loved it. Yeah, so we um, got to find that. Yeah, so I do I do agree, you know, with Erlene that she's saying don't underestimate um, Cam and Kaylee. I think people need to stop fucking underestimating Cam. Oh yeah, I'm I'm done I'm done with that. Yeah, my, my sins were committed <laughs> earlier this season. Uh, Cam's a fucking beast. She's yeah. now she's now two and zero on eliminations this season. This season alone, and she yeah. you know she's won quite a few last season. And before this elimination happened, I was thinking to myself, like, I hope Jose and Davon beat Cam so she can stop calling herself Killa Cam. And then it turned out that Cam ended up beating them. And I told myself, I was like, you need to just be okay because mm -hmm. this girl really does deserve some credit to her name. And I, can't, I can't hate anymore. And people are all talking about how good of a coach she is. Uh, well, that's, that's something that I wanted to bring up. To me, that was one of the best 
the best things about Cam is the fact that she has a real strong sense of self, right? We, we've seen this time and time again. When she stood up for Kaylee amongst all of these other girls that were going after her, throwing her shit. Oh, I've never seen that in challenge history. Somebody really stand up for one human being in that kind of way, like to their actual friends. Like Cam is mm-hmm. friends with these girls and she was like, you guys are fucking up right now. Like you guys are not, you shouldn't be doing this. That's yeah. a, a strong mm-hmm. sense of character. And on top of that, Cam has a real way of communicating under pressure. It doesn't matter if they're in the most intense situation, if it's, you know, down to the minute or down to the 30 seconds, Cam will just be like, no, 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 hold on. Like, just tell me, is this right? Tell me, is this, you know, tell me, how do I do this? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Take a deep breath. And then even after the whole competition, before they even knew who won, you had Cam hugging Kaylee right as she's walking out saying, you did amazing. Kill it, Kaylee. You killed it. Like throughout the whole thing. So she is just a bomb teammate, a bomb communicator, awesome human being. I'm super impressed with her shit. While I do think it's annoying that she still calls herself Killer Cam all the time. I think she like has earned it at this point. You know, I she think walks she... it, talks it, like Devon wanted to say. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. So, um, let's go through this elimination so I can break it down for the people. We know, you know, we now know we have a few people who didn't even see the episode. So, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, just shout out to Robert. Let's break it down for him. Yeah. Um, all right. So at the bottom. So this, there was two giant water tanks. At the bottom of the tank is a puzzle key. And to begin, they're attached to a line. Um, and on one person is the climber, one person is the diver. And the climber basically goes up this ladder, which gives the line enough slack for the diver, who's being suspended by this line over the tank, to dive all the way down to the bottom of the tank and memorize the key. The diver then tells the climber the key information in order to assemble the puzzle. Now, I have to tell you something that has been going on in my head for give or take three years now. And it's this recurring dream I have of me on a challenge and absolutely destroying the competition and elimination. And the elimination is a giant water tank with a puzzle key at the bottom that I have to then go out of and assemble the puzzle on this board out of the water tank. I swear to fucking God, I've had this dream so many times over the past however many years. And it's this exact elimination minus the partner. I can't I can't even like explain to you how hilarious it is to me that this elimination happened. It is one of the funniest things. And in the dream, I also happen to have a photogenic memory. Sorry, photographic memory. Okay. <laughs> photogenic memory is not bad either. It's not just, bad either. All, you just remember all the pretty stuff. All beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and it is just so fucking funny that this thing happened in so, actuality. I don't think my mind was blown. Well, we've we've heard before, like, there are accusations that MTV, like, steals content from people, steals ideas from people. I've and, never said this out loud. Yeah. In this case, MTV inception to you and stole... Stole your intellectual property that had never left your brain before. Yeah. And the best part is, this is like when Facebook shows you ads about some shit that you were thinking about and never even chatted about. Yep. It's like MTV is so in tune with my mind. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. And it was, it was really fucking weird to see this elimination play out because I kept thinking to myself, like, holy shit, Shawnee, this is the elim. <laughs> I was like, this is the elim. Like, this it's is the, the one. one. Wanted. And I'll tell you what, this I'm is a good the swimmer. Elimination. This is the elimination that I always wanted. I've been calling for this for the last two weeks. I was like, what happened to the super unsafe things where MTV doesn't like take people <laughs> not at all? And I have mentioned 
multiple times since we started this podcast the challenge on the gauntlet where that where the cast had to like stay in this you know 50 degree pool for as long as possible and people were going into like legit hypothermia like norman corpin norman corpy went into like hypothermia getting out of the pool after 45 minutes so that's what we want guys we 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 Mm. want you know, just zero, zero compassion and zero safety enforced on on these missions and, the, and these eliminations. That's that's that makes for great TV. Zero regard on safety. Honestly, when they were shaking when they came up, I was I mean, that was crazy. My dream elimination never had super cold water. It was actually really nice temperatures. So um, that's one thing that they changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they added a little little tweak to it. It wasn't going to be pleasant for you. Definitely not. All right. So recap on what actually happened into the elimination. Um, Basically, they were going for so long going up and down in these water things that it became unsafe and really unsafe towards the end of it. So they had to call the elimination and say you had I think they gave them a four minute warning. You had four minutes left. Um, Whoever has the most correct on their puzzle uh, then that's the winner. And they ended up calling it. You know, both of the girls get out. They're both shaking. They're freaking out. Oh, my God. This was epic. I mean, it was crazy. When they, when they are in the warming truck and they get to the point where Davon couldn't even get out of the warming truck yet. And they had to move on with the production. That was like, that, I mean, that was like an epic sports encounter where everything in their bodies is gone. My favorite part about that, though, was the fact that Cam just starts going at them while they're Mm -hmm. in the warming truck, like shivering, about to die. They're worried for their life. And then Cam is like coming at them like, why the fuck did you choose us? Why why would you choose us? That's a shitty move. And Davon's like, I don't even care about the game right now. Because obviously, like, look at them. They both have gray lips. It looks like they're literally about to fall over. And Cam is like chirping in their ear about this stupid decision. That was really Really crazy I, it was it was pretty like i was just yesterday just as a whole i was watching all these grueling encounters i watched this 45 minute you know cam and kaylee davon and jose elimination where they're they're literally in the warming truck afterwards and then at the same time right after that you know i'm a big tennis guy so so the us open was on and, and you've got rafa nadal and dominic team playing a four hour five set tennis match it didn't end until two in the morning and i'm just no well, way i'm like these guys are dead like there's no, there's nothing left in your body at that point. So there was a lot of good athletic competition on last night if you knew where to find it. Yeah, the athleticism was um, was crazy. Not by Shawnee though. Shawnee was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we go into back into the Armageddon. You have Davon who's still in the truck, like you said. She's still reheating. Um, they were, I mean, they were like frozen. So she's still recuperating over there and. Um, TJ announces the results, and with that, he says that Jose and Davon have six wrong, and Cam and Kaylee have three wrong. I mean, these girls, they come into elimination again, and they fucking killed it. I mean, I wouldn't say that they slaughtered the comp, but they gave it their all, and they didn't stop. And watching Kaylee and her confidence grow in this game is one of the most beautiful things I've seen just in terms of character development and actual growth. Because you have this girl who came from last season who was basically bullied off the show. And I'm not saying Kaylee is like some weak little chick who's never done anything wrong on a reality show. If anyone watches X on the Beach, you know she's... Um, But at the same time, when you see this girl come in at 
a really low competitive point. It's not like anyone thought Kaylee was this, you know, big dog coming to win these comps. She She's not really one of those aggressive type people. And you see her win and win and win. Just her face, her confidence, the way she carries herself, her posture, it's all improving and it's really nice to see. And I hope it continues. Well, imagine this. MTV struck so much gold because they've gotten a really great storyline out of out of Kaylee and Cam. Mm-hmm. But just remember that when this season started, the intention was that they were going to be on completely different teams. Like mm-hmm. we were going to we were going to be stuck with Kayla and, and Kaylee. I mean, Melissa and Cam would have been awesome, but we're, we're going to have Kayla and Kaylee who just would have been gone immediately. And you're getting a much better storyline because these two teams have have bonded. You know, these two girls have bonded together yeah. and formed a really strong team. Cam's an incredible coach. Um, on the other so side with, with Davon and Jose, who do, who do you blame more for that? I mean, after all that time and they, they had six wrong, that, that was a lot. Like, do you think that was on Jose? Was Jose not taking the directions properly? Was he not putting the puzzle together well enough? I don't know if you can really blame one or the other. I I personally think that the cold and the water really flustered both of the girls. Um, it, it could also have something to do with the fact that Davon was left under the water for so long in her first round going in that it really flustered her for the next ones. So it's possible that we could blame that on you know, that moment on Jose for leaving her down there too long, you know, that could be something that we could factor in. I think that they were just not systematic enough about going about it. But then again, we didn't really get to see too much of their actual system of relaying the information. So I'm not sure if there was a lot of communication errors. Um, but the best way to go about these always, whenever it comes to these kind of challenges, in the challenge history and all all of the experience that we have from watching these shows, you know it's to go line by line on these puzzles always you want to you want to just go you know one by one and make sure that you get it accurately through so that could also you know be the fact that they don't have experience in the show as much and they're coming in from big brother it's slightly different gameplay i don't know i don't know if you could really blame it on one or the other we you know it'd be interesting if jose um or davon has any words on this i wonder if davon said anything about it on one of her recaps I'll try and chime in and find out or tune into one of her shows and, try and find out. But I wouldn't I wouldn't really blame it on one or the other. I think it was a, a dual poor effort on both of their parts. That, that's a really nice that's a really nice like teamwork. You know, it's, it's, it's on both sides. That, that's good. That's a well, mature take. Because it's like Davon was dying in the water. So you could say it was her fault. But Jose, like, are we really expecting that he picked up all this slack miraculously yeah. and did everything perfect on the climb? Like, I can't possibly put that into the world because that's just so uh, that's a bad assumption to make based on past experiences with him um okay so then we go from this whole instance to redemption house um, and we get davon and jose walking in of course everybody's like shocked which i don't know why they're always so shocked when people come in it's been the most expected stream yeah. of individuals going into that house Apart from Tori and Derek, I'll give them that. Um, so then we get Tori calling them out um, r- almost right when they walk in. You have Tori saying some shit, and then they clarify. And to be honest, I know I love Tori so much, but I was just like, Tori, come on. Like, is, th- is this really what you want to be saying? Tor- Tori with a little fake drama that she's putting on the camera there. Yeah, like I think that she made one good point, which was the fact that they didn't team up with anyone, so it made their game much harder. And I obviously, I think Davon and Jose know it made their game harder, 
by not teaming up with anyone, but I just don't think they wanted to because they didn't want to have to give in to the bullshit. Yeah, um, I mean, Tori, Tori said that she was mad at Devon and Jose. She also said she's mad at Cara Marie. Well, I, I man, I, I don't think Tori and Derek are going to be long uh, around long enough to make it happen, but I would love to see if Tori backs it up and talks to Cara the same way that she talked to Devon and Jose. Would she pop off the same way? I think she would pop off the same way. Would the cameras catch it? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Veronica and CT just watching this whole fight, which was so fucking funny because I really love them. And I just I really don't want them to not be on the next episode. It'll be so sad if they get sent home right away. It's just that's a sad one. I think they had so much potential. Anyway, so then we get the double cross clue. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Let's talk about how poorly made this double cross set was. Who was it? Who was it that pulled out the the double cross block that was like made way too big and they they, they couldn't? I think it was was like it Angela? Scooch it through yeah, all she, of them. Did you see that they all were kind of like weird? It was to a pull really out. rickety set. Mm, uh, my they, double they, cross was better than their double cross. By the way, <laughs> I have created a phenomenal double cross um, <laughs> replication. Is that the right word? A replica? Yeah, a replica. Yeah, replica. replica of the double cross and it's honestly so great it's got a black holder it's got yellow double crosses it's fucking beautiful the proportions are on point i even made the double cross which the second cross a little bit smaller because that's how it was on the screen honestly it was like there's so much thought that went into that maybe i'll bring that on for one of our shows that's Um, that's we go we go all out for virtual challenge seasons so you guys should consider that and we make better double crosses than the show themselves (laughs) we really do it's just it's supposed to slide out so and everyone's trying to look for like okay this this might be the double cross but but really i think what threw everyone off was there wasn't just one that was made poorly or like different than the others it was all because the board was made so poorly like everything yeah yeah yeah. that they all were off i was actually thinking that because i always try and look for the difference in them but because they were all so different and poorly made they they all could have been the double cross possibly pick up on i think it was i'd love to get a give i a a gif of i think it was Angela who was struggling to pull out the, the the double cross. That that part was really funny to me. Um, so Greg, yes, the double cross happened. I did many live videos with it in the free agents uh, Facebook group. I'm not sure that that group is actually still alive. We can add you to that. You can go through and scope it. Um, <laughs> you can retroactively relive. Yeah, he, he, uh, he made a comment that we should recreate the double cross scenes with puppets. Very down for said video. Very, very willing to do that. I will do that. Who won your season, by the way? Who won my season? I don't even. I didn't play. I don't know. I think it was Amy. I sent money to whoever won. I think it was Amy. Amy won. Amy won some cash for your season. Amy won thirty-five bucks. All I know is I was happy Becker didn't win. He fucking made it to that final, and I was like out of town and shit, and all. Or I forget where I was. I think I was traveling or something towards the end of it. Yeah, I was in Panama. I was, I was like off the radar towards the last two weeks of that season. And Becker had made it to the final. Oh, God. With, like, I just like, couldn't believe he made it to the final. So I was that just, would have like, been legendary if, if your enemy won your season. Oh, God. I like was just so – because I was going to give money to the winner, but I honestly yeah. oh, said in the host God. chat – I I said in the host chat, I was like, I'm not announcing that we're giving money because if Becker wins this shit, I'm not giving him money. (laughs) I I flat out said that. If this would have been announced before the season that you guys were giving away money and and everyone knew that there was a prize on the line, I I would have been pushing so hard for this. I was like, make make Shawnee pay her biggest enemy money. (laughs) 
That actually would have been so funny if you would have won. See this? Uh, (laughs) That would have been funny. Well, I didn't want to make it because it was the first time that Real Money had been in seasons, and I didn't want everybody to pay for the season. Like, I I wasn't sure if people would be down for that or not. So I was just like, I'll do it. Um, I even gave my co-host some money um, because I love them so much. And like, people work so hard for these hosting seasons; they don't even realize the time consumption that it takes uh, for that. I could never host a season now. I've been so fucking busy, but. I could be like a like a host of decisions and people could call me in randomly and be like, Shawnee, decide on this. And I'd be like, well, that person goes home for sure. I think, um, I think Arlene's spilling tea in the comments. Section. Is she? Ooh. All right. I so we got some that. virtual tea happening in the comments. We'll take a little checkpoint here. Arlene <laughs> um, said he quit during the final, but he almost won. Ooh, I'm so happy he didn't. Oh, my God. I was pretty pleased. I'm pretty sure Amy won, so I was happy about that. I wanted Ashley to win, um, but she didn't win. I think she got second or third, but I was totally fine with that. Or no, she got second. Jamie got third because I was supposed to send Jamie $5, and she was just like, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your $5 prize. She was like, you could keep it. Um, Also in the comments, I I love what what Rhonda said. that (laughs) Yeah, nobody reacted for Derek walking into the house (laughs) just because. It's it's just oh yeah, well, Derek. Why, why weren't you here to begin with? Like Derek, you should have been the the owner De- of this Derek redemption house. Just, he should have just been not even on the cast. He should have just been in the redemption house the whole time. He should have just stayed there. There was no point in having him in the main house. There really wasn't. Poor Derek, man. That guy is just like bad news bears. He, you know what he needs to do. Derek needs to go and train at some of these ninja warrior gyms in L.A. Because they've got tons of ninja gyms in L.A. now. It's, like, really Mm -hmm. popular. And a lot of those challenges, particularly the grip strength um, and having to think on your feet during these random obstacles, a lot of that kind of stuff is in those gyms. So I think he could do for some of that sort of offbeat uh, athletic practice. Derek does not have functional strength. He does not know how to like. He's just it's just brute strength. Like contort his body, yeah. Like and yeah, that's like you need to have a lot of body control for the challenge. You need to like really be able to think. Also, I mean, I, I, I yeah, Rhonda, I'll, I'll give you that plug. Rhonda's got a season she's signing up for. It sounds sounds like there's cash on the lines. If you guys are looking to to invest in that. Yeah, there's a few seasons coming up. There's Spoiled Meat. I don't know if that's still taking candidates. That's by my co-host from Free Agents, Michael, and also our writer, Hannah, who's hosting that season. So um, definitely check that one out. Alan has a a super secret season that's that's coming up. Yeah, I've heard about this. Very uh, prestigious casting, apparently. Um, so Erlene wants to know opinions on Shane and Nelson in that elimination. I think Shane and Nelson would have had shit communication because Nelson isn't good under pressure. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit, but we can go into it a little bit more. Um, I, I do think it wouldn't have been as obvious a win as maybe we think it is because whether or not one of the people is good in water, you know, if, if Shane is amazing in water, it doesn't really make up for the fact that Nelson has to get that information and put it onto the actual puzzle. I think some people also mentioned in the comments though that like Shane would have been so good in this elimination, so strong that like his communication just would have been better than any anyone else's. Like from the water, you know, re- really. I hear that. Which in from what we saw, you know, Cam and Kaylee ended up winning, but their better communicator was on the outside. Like Cam was the better communicator, so Shane would have been the superior swimmer and the superior communicator, and I think he would have whipped Nelson into shape. 
True, true. You know, I, I think Nelson has a lot of potential. I know he cracks under pressure a lot, but I think with the right coaching and the right guidance, he's, you know, he's a great teammate because he's sort of that workhorse that you need. You know, he'll just do anything. But if he's guided in the right way, he has a lot of potential. I, I'm standing by my point from last week. I, you know, Nelson doesn't have Shane's back enough. Like, he should just be fully invested in in his partner because Nelson doesn't have any, like, political stroke in the house either. So yeah, just... of course you think that. Um, okay, <laughs> So let's We're Shaniacs. I can't believe he used that. By the way, so Shane used that term Shaniacs, and I thought he said Saniacs, and I got so excited that he tweeted at us in particular, which he actually has tweeted at us, but this was like his own tweet. Maybe, Maybe it did. With the term, and I'm totally, totally cool with it because I am a Shaniac. Always yeah, have. I'm all for it. Um, okay, so let's go back into uh, Redemption. So we got the double cross. So a comment I made, first of all, this double cross location was way less shady than the last double cross location. It may, is this the same place just in daylight? There's, there's, if you guys are really paying attention, there's been a couple parts of this season of like the structure where they're, they're trying to like incorporate things that just don't work at all. These double cross locations, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse concept, which is so oh I, yeah, I drop that entirely because it's so dumb. Um, you know, that's just, really funny that they're trying to brand that the four yeah, horsemen. There's, thing. there's a certain thing that things that aren't you know that are falling flat. So yeah, like we have the pro, the super secret private double cross uh, <laughs> location. Yeah, I just wonder if that's the same spot just in light. I, it I don't was know. really it's ominous the first time around. It was. It honestly looked like the creepiest location um, when they first had it. I don't know. It was weird. Um, anyway, so let's go to the picks. So everybody starts lining up for the double cross. This was actually a pretty exciting picking of double cross. Uh, we have first up, we have Polly and Natalie. I'm pretty sure they put them first because they had gotten the last one. So it seemed like a fair thing to do. Um, Polly and Natalie go up. They pull the single cross. Then we have CT and Veronica. They go up. CT actually reaches towards where the double cross actually is and then pulls another one. He goes, I think it's here, but we'll go here. Pulls it. And, what a bad and Greg move. Seems to, Greg seems to think there was a lot of foreshadowing in the moment, you know, with, in the aftermath of what TT said, like, oh, you know, I really, really thought I had it. And yeah, it seems like they're going home next week. Yeah. You know, we're, we're losing CT and Veronica. It does feel that way. Um, Tori and Derek go up to pull. They obviously got the single because they can't get luck or um, skill down. Angela and Faith, they pull the single. Um, then you have Jose and Devon who were literally the last team and they didn't even have to pull a fucking double cross. Cool. It pulled them. That was so cool. Imagine you're the last person to pull. You instantly think that you're not you're not getting this double cross. Like you don't think that you have a chance at that. Are you kidding yep. me? At the end of all of those teams, it wasn't oh, yeah. like it was just they, four. Yeah they, they, yeah, they had horrible odds. Um and now my my thing is they they leave us on on this cliffhanger, but it's really not necessary. Be, well, I I guess it wasn't a cliffhanger. I sh I should say, but we know what's going to happen. All right, like I think this is so obvious. Oh, so the Jose, CT, the CT, like what's going to happen with CT? Yeah, well, yeah, well, like like so, Jose and Devon they non pulled the double cross, so they are up for a possible chance back in the house. It's <laughs> non pulled. It's it's what ninety nine point nine percent obvious that they're going to pick Faith and Angela to go against. Oh well, I actually would think maybe Natalie or Polly. Because you those think are... they're going to go against Natalie and Polly? Well, because those are their OG 
those are their OG big brother like teams right there. And I also think that Natalie and Polly might be a stronger team than Faith and Angela. Although, you know, that's actually a really good question because I actually rate Faith and Angela pretty highly as a team. And because so, they're the female female, they might get more equalizers. Yeah. Buzzwords. So so um, it comes down it comes down to there's there, there's two factors. There's one, who can you beat to get in the house, to get back mm-hmm. in the house? And two, uh, you know, if you are playing and you do win and get back in the house, what team do you want to send back to redemption knowing that the other teams are gone? Yeah, well, it's like a matter of who do you want to keep in your back pocket as a potential person to come back into this house to help me? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I think it's obviously either gonna be Faith and Angela or um, what's it called, um, yeah, Polly and Natalie. So, so I will. We'll see. We'll see. I was just just like last week where I was 100 percent confident that Davon and Jose were going to be the team that got on for elimination, and they were. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put my Garandam T down again. This is my, you know, my my gray haired guarantee that. <laughs> That we'll we'll get a Faith and Angela pick. Yeah, it's it's gonna be Faith and Angela against Day and Jose. All right. Well, we'll find out. We'll see that next week. Um. So let's just touch on a few more comments before we close out today. Rhonda is confident they will pick Natalie and Pauly. Well, We'll it makes more sense that they would go that route. But we'll see. Come back next week. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll We'll find out. Um. So Greg made a comment. All joking aside, I'm surprised they filmed in South Africa given all the social unrest there. And um, I actually have a lot of ties to South Africa. My best friend is from Johannesburg, lives in Johannesburg right now, um, and he's literally one of my the closest people in my life. Easily. Oh wow! Does your best friend speak Afrikaans? Afrikaans. Um, He he learned it in school. They all learned it in school, but I don't think he um still speaks it very well. Coolest. Yeah, South African. Accent, South African dialect is like black or what? Yeah, (laughs) I can say I can say a very very few minimal words and accurate accent. Just like, do you want your coffee black or what? (laughs) Um, So so yeah, I've I've been to Cape Town. Um, I love it there. I've always wanted to go there. That that's like a dream. Oh my god. It's honestly one of the most beautiful places, and it's so cheap. It reminds me a lot of the coast. Actually, looks a lot like mm-hmm. the California coast, but which much, much prettier waters. Um, and it's a great place, super super affordable, like a, a wonderful awesome. place to have fun. Yeah, it's it's a remarkable location, and if, there if, is. If any of our viewers out there or our listeners want to go to Cape Town and sponsor the trip, like hook me up. I'll go with you, and I'll <laughs> like I'll podcast live from there. From there. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm actually planning on – it's been a while since I've been there, so I'm planning on going. Uh, December is the best time. That's their summer. So I, we'll, we'll do a live event there. Probably not happening this December, but hopefully mm. it will happen next December. Anyway, so I, I am very in tune with what's going on there. You know, there is a, a lot of unrest happening. Um, it's there's, there's always been a huge racial divide in that country. Um, and, you know, there is a really big problem right now with a lot of white people getting um, murdered and kicked off of their farms and just getting all of their property taken and then sort of being like almost like refugees in this country, which obviously, you know, there's a, there's a whole history there. So I'm not going to make too many opinions or comments on that. But that is happening. That is a big deal. Um, and on top of that, they have one of the biggest droughts in like the globe right now. I mean, their drought, it's crazy. Um, and I will plug some of my own political opinions on this because a couple years ago, they were meant to have a conference that was going to solve their water. Co- I mean, it was. it is known that this conference would have solved all of the drought problems they had, but because a speaker from Israel was gonna come and speak about um, 
de- taking out the salt from the water desalination plants, they completely shut down the conference from BDS. So obviously, wow. you know, you don't have to agree with me on that or whatever, but just the fact that that conference didn't happen is really what's led them to be in this position now. So with all of that being said, though, that place is always dangerous, but always amazing. So when I was there, even, you know, they were starting the beginning of their drought. And on top of that, they had so much violence as well. When I was there, they're one of the biggest murder capitals in the world. But Cape Town in itself is like this little bubble of South Africa. So while all of this crazy stuff is happening in some of the more rural areas, um, Cape Town has only really been hit by the drought part. And even that, if you're, you know, medium, middle class to, let's say, upper class, you're pretty much okay with water there because it's like a pay-to-play type system. So MTV is obviously okay uh, over there and their house is taken care of and everything is fine. And if you have that much security and that much production around, then you're going to be fine. I mean, I was I was fine and I had no production security around. So in terms of the violence thing, that's totally um, fine. And the drought thing, that's totally fine. And the farms thing, that's mostly in the rural areas. So that's also totally fine so i do agree it's one of those places but at the same time every other location especially the uh more i guess um deserted spots that they've been to have a lot of unrest i mean even colombia a country that i've spent like six months in four and a half months in um that's you know there's tons of shit that goes down over there all the time Uh, and they did a challenge there you know they've done a challenge as well in panama and areas of panama that are more dangerous um you know they've done this in so many different locations uh, that at the same time you think from the outside are so crazy to be in but once you actually go there you see to yourself like wow this is such an amazing place if you head into cape town what you'll see is unreal bars cheap delicious food you'll get like a five course meal for like 20 bucks it's like the most ridiculous thing plus wine drinks all this shit so it's a very outside perspective um to be worried but once you're there you'll be fine um for those that don't know Parlotonis are a South African band. Oh. You're really also, selling me on this trip. You gotta go. It's honestly amazing. But you have I, to go I, during I winter time. Our mm-hmm. winter time is their summertime because it's okay. opposite hemispheres. But it's like, oh, it's just and the sushi there is really good. And I come from cool. LA. I'm a sushi snob, and their sushi is pretty nice. good. Yeah, they've got vegan. great vegan food too. Really good healthy food. It's like a, uh, it's just a great place and unbelievable festivals throughout their whole summer season. So are, are you are you implying that your your LA sushi is 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 better than what we have here in the uh, in the northeast with our Yeah, northeast sushi sucks. I'm sorry, but you guys actually don't know what sushi is and it just shocks me how people are so okay with having so much bad sushi. Like Listen, sushi and Toto San right down right down the street from me. It gets the job done. All right. Yeah, Rhonda makes a really good comment, which is all countries have several issues. However, they are all such be- they all have such beautiful, amazing things to offer, which is so true. Most of these places, mm-hmm. you know, people think these places are crazy to go to, but they're actually amazing. Like m- my best friend from Johannesburg, he travels nonstop through Africa and he's always in like buttfuck everywhere. But mm-hmm. he tells me like one of his favorite places is Kenya. Apparently it's amazing. And I've had another friend who spent a month in Kenya also. She said it's unreal. Great bars. They have like avocados everywhere that are delicious. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of people don't don't know that kind of stuff about certain countries. They don't, they're too scared to travel or things like that. But you should all get out there. Um, and Another thing that MTV foreshadowed was that my season of virtual free agents was the location for it was Cape Town. So <laughs> you had a location for your season. Yeah. And we That's all we awesome. like hop to different places. It was really that fun. It is cool. 
It was cool. Um, okay, so some other things that are happening in the comments right now um, is some more speculation. Natalie and Polly, we have more people going that they will pick Natalie and Polly than they will pick Faith and Angel. People are disagreeing with my take. Uh, so I'm going to come back here and talk some shit next week when I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. And if uh, I'm wrong, you can talk some shit to me. We'll have a, we'll have a little go around. <laughs> Yeah, we will. Okay, so before we end off, just a little bit of news for you guys. Um, our website is live. You guys all know that. You can check us out. Uh, episode 8 audio is out there if you guys haven't listened to it. I know Casey was waiting for the audio. I'm sorry it took me so long, girl. It was just like a crazy, crazy, crazy weekend. You let her down. You let her down. Yeah, I let everybody down. We're lucky down. she even tuned in tonight <laughs> after that. Um, okay, so next week... Um, ne- oh wait actually sorry we missed a question here which is that she wants to know if we watch Big Brother and fun fact Shawnee has actually been watching slowly all of the seasons of Big Brother I am on season 12 right now because I loved Rachel Riley's sister in season 15 I believe it was so I went back now I'm watching Rachel's seasons um, I just finished watching 10 I love Dan so very much and I have caught up with the new season unless there was like a episode 31 that I missed. Um, but I am caught up on that. I'm a part of the Saniac's Big Brother Fantasy League. And I did really poorly because I picked before watching the season. I picked Fessel to win the whole thing um, because his name in Hebrew means joint. So <laughs> I thought that was like a good sign. That your vote. <laughs> yeah, because Faisal in Hebrew, Faisal, is like that's like joint. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, if your name means spliff, like, you must be, you must be the one. Like, you gotta, you gotta win this shit. And he was actually the stupidest person on this season. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I love that. I love that you're you're marathoning Big Brother, and I'm like marathoning old seasons of Survivor. We're, oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're both like retroactively doing our homework here. See, nice. Yeah, well, we gotta stay. We gotta stay in touch with all things reality TV. We gotta, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta be able to compare this shit. And to. You, you never know, like what new cast members we're gonna be having on 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 the challenge itself. So true. Although I have seen BB eighteen. Was that that was the one that Natalie and Jose were on? I've I saw the first few episodes, but I got really bored of it. Like I'm not gonna lie. So I've actually stopped that season and I moved on to other ones. Uh, I might go back to it. We'll see. Um. Anyway, some more announcements next week. This podcast may not be live, depending on the internet quality I have in Plies Al Carmen. It's possible that we might have to do a recorded session. So if that happens, we will get out that recorded session the day of or day after yeah, as soon as possible. Turnaround on that. Yeah. So hopefully um, we can do it live, but we'll see. And if we do, it'll be from some tropical place. So it'll be really nice. Um, do you take a look at us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, all platforms. Give us a follow and subscribe over there. Um, and we will hit you guys back up next week. We've got a big interview coming up. If you guys, uh, we're going to have, Shiny's going to have Sarah Grayson, the gauntlet queen in studio. So yes. we're going to start preparing, uh, some questions for that. And just like, we, we don't want our interviews with cast members to be the same interviews that you always hear. So, so we do want to break it down with like some more interesting questions and, and I'm putting in the work on that. Shiny's putting in the work on that. So if you guys have questions for Sarah, get them in and we will factor that into the interview. Yeah, a hundred percent. There are so many podcasts right now. I mean, this market is just, woo, it is saturated. Let me tell you. So challenge podcasts are a plenty and 
so many of them do cast interviews and it's all same old, same old. So that's definitely not the vibe that we want to go for. Sarah Grayson is someone that I loved on the show. And she's also someone that has had quite a successful career post-challenge. So, you know, that's someone that we want to get into and we want to talk about um, real things with her. So if you have questions for her, let us know. Tag us. You can drop them in the comments here. Um, or in the comments in the post. It was meant to be Tuesday, but she had to cancel. And I was very happy about that. It's like when someone cancels plans on you and you're thinking <laughs> to yourself, thank the fucking Lord. I was just so busy, couldn't handle an interview that day. So this gives us more time. We can prep. I am traveling from the 7th all the way through to beginning of October through the Jewish high holidays. Um, there's also in two weeks time, so you guys know, this actually lands this recap lands on Yom Kippur so it'll that's like a huge Jewish day it'll be a decision that I have to make do I want to be a lesser Jew or a better Jew Um, I may likely still do the recap because I am uh, quite the lesser Jew Um, so we'll see we'll see if we do that on Wednesday or on Thursday but just so you guys know interesting storyline to follow here we'll we'll see what happens (laughs) we'll see Uh, it's funny on the day of a on by the way this is the day of atonement when you want to ask God for forgiveness (laughs) I'll be breaking the day (laughs) right uh, this, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the obvious MVP of this this recap episode, and that is my shirt, uh, my striped shirt. A lot of people were loving on this in the comments. So who loved it in the comments? Everybody. everybody really? Yeah, everybody was loving this shirt. So you people know. loving the shirt. If you guys are just listening to the podcast, make sure you come in and watch the live, and you can see you can see that. Yeah, your, your shirt was all right too. But my, what about my, my shirt? Yeah, my, I just got was, like five more basic black shirts from Zara, <laughs> so you'll be seeing a whole lot more of those guys. Yep. Uh oh. Did my camera just go out? I think it's perfect timing. Well, that is perfect timing. I guess this is uh, this is goodbye, guys. Thank you. <laughs> See everyone.